this is the last week of our sermon series, If You Build It. We've been talking about building the kingdom. Uh, it was sort of a play on words. I thought it was pithy and intelligent and probably wasn't that cool, but uh, it was a play on the words from the movie Field of Dreams. If you build it, they will come, right? And so we're talking about building the kingdom. Now, um, in my experience, guys get a bad rap for following directions. Uh, now, that's a stereotype, but it's one that I always kind of grew up with seeing, right? Um, guy sets out, know-it-all man, builds something, finishes item, and has three screws, two bolts, and uh, a nut left over and has no idea where they were supposed to go. Or maybe they're on a road trip and they're lost in the middle of nowhere and their wife's like, hey, can we please use a map? And he's like, I'm taking a shortcut, right? And so there's always been that stereotype that guys really don't like instructions. Well, I'm here to break that. I am not that guy. I happen to love the instruction manuals that come with everything. I like step-by-step telling me what to do. I like taking a whole bunch of parts that look like a whole bunch of parts and then following each step and by the end having something usable that actually works and isn't going to fall apart when you try to set out to use it. My favorite app on my phone is the Maps app, right? The step-by-step directions that tell you which way to go and where to turn. Uh, Saves me from getting lost all the time. It doesn't happen almost ever because I just plug an address in and it tells me exactly how to get there and it's fantastic. Um, We have looked at this series, throughout this series, really a step-by-step process of building the kingdom. We've looked at real tangible things that we can do as members of the kingdom to help include others and build the kingdom. In week one, we talked about denying ourselves and following God. Okay, denying our own will and doing what God wants us to do despite of how we may feel about it. Week two, we talked about building a foundation in truth by calling calling others to repent of their sin and making sure that they really knew what they were getting into when they decided to live a Christian life. Week three, we talked about changing our focus, right? So that our desires naturally started to align with God's to where we got to the place where it was no longer about having to deny ourselves all the time, but it was having our thought process be God's thought process. In week four, we talked about giving all of ourselves to God. Yes, we talked about the tithe, but we also talked about our time, time, effort, and our thought life. Last week, we talked about how important it is to just teach teach others about the king, how we really don't need all the bells and whistles to attract people to the kingdom because the king himself is enough. Jesus is enough. This week, we talk about maybe what might be the most important step of all, and that's this, prayer. Now, I've talked about prayer recently. When I took over as pastor here at Crosspoint, I told you how important I thought prayer was, how important it was to me, how important I thought it was to our church. I think we've done a better job at implementing times of prayer throughout uh, our processes and our services, but I think we can still do better. But prayer is ultimately the most important part. See, we must get God involved if we want to see the kingdom grow. We must get God involved if we want to see the kingdom grow. Colossians 4, verses 2 and 3 says, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Now this is Paul talking to Colossians. See, everything we've talked about are steps that we can take to be more kingdom-minded. The final step The final ingredient, if you will, to our recipe is to get God involved. And make no doubt about it that God is the key ingredient. 
See, all the things we've talked about doing, they are good things. They're useful things. They're worthwhile of our time and our effort. And still we can do all of the things we talked about and still not get the results that we want as far as building the kingdom. Because if God's not involved, we're missing our key ingredient. We're missing our key ingredient. And the way that we get God involved, especially in the kingdom building process, but in all of our life, is through prayer. Okay, it's through prayer. Prayer is of ultimate importance. Now, there's one thing I've learned in life, and it's this that the desires and the will of man can often at times be denied. Okay, the desires and the will of man, the things that we want, can oftentimes be denied. But the desires and the will of God will always come to fruition, it'll always happen. God cannot be denied. And so the importance of getting God involved in what we're doing when it comes to building the kingdom and trying to reach out to others and trying to evangelize and trying to teach each other and, and, and the world about who Jesus is, is getting Jesus involved. We have to do that. If we want to see God move, then we need to ask God to get involved. Now, I think we can do this in one or two ways, okay? One or two ways. And this is how. The first is by praying for... The, the person who builds the kingdom. And the second is the people that we're building the kingdom for. So we have to pray both for the kingdom builder and the person receiving the kingdom. Now, Paul is a great example for us. He's one of the main authors of the books of the Bible, right? He, his books are uh, most quantifiable when it comes to the books in scripture. He regularly requested people to pray for him. In Romans fifteen thirty, he told the church there, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by our Lord Jesus Christ, and by the love of the Spirit to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. In Ephesians, he told the church there in his letter to Ephesus, in verse 619, pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given to me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. In his first letter to Thessalonica, 1 Thessalonians 525, he said, brothers and sisters, pray for us. In his second letter to them, 2 Thessalonians 3.1, he said, As for other matters, brothers and sisters, pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored just as it was with you. We should be praying for our fellow believers. Our fellow believers should be praying for us. I want you to know as members of this church that you are prayed for. One of the first things I did, one of the things that, uh, if I can be proud of something that I'm proud of, was that I took all of our regular attenders of church and I broke them up into different lists and I gave them out to the leadership of the church and I said, hey, I want you to pray over these people weekly. Now I'll say this, I, I don't know uh, necessarily that that is 100% happening. I don't have any type of watchdog put in place that uh, tells me if it's not happening or gives them an electric shock if they're not doing it. But uh, that would be cool, just saying. But I want you to know that it's my goal that you are prayed for every single week. I want you as members of this church to be praying for our staff because we need it. We need it. I want us to be praying for each other. We have to pray for one another. And so because that's the case, uh, we're going to introduce something new to you today. And I know it's kind of weird to do this in the middle of a sermon. It's not a sales pitch. I, I don't have any stock in the company, but there's an app out there and it's called the Echo Prayer app. And we as a church have paid for a year's subscription for the entire year. It was $20. 
Okay, you can go to the Google Play Store or you can go to the Apple uh, App Store, whatever that's called, and you can search Echo Prayer App. And this is just a little video. I don't care if you watch it and kind of ignore me at this time while we're doing it. Okay, but if you go and you search for this app, you can find the Echo Prayer App. Okay, uh, this was introduced to me by Zoe Ware. Once again, another great idea that did not come from me. Okay, so this Echo Prayer App is pretty phenomenal. I think it's really cool. And I think if five of us use it, it's well worth the 20 bucks a year. My goal is that if you have a smartphone, you'll take the time, download the app, literally takes five minutes, okay? Five minutes, you set up an account, it's first, last name, email, that's pretty much it, all right? You can search under the feeds and find Crosspoint Fellowship, okay? This is what the app will look like. Under your feeds, you can literally go search for Crosspoint Fellowship, all right? Within our church, Within our church, we are going to put some different feeds in there. I'll create ones for our different small groups. So you can ask for prayer inside of your small groups. And by the way, you can choose which feed you follow. Okay, you can choose what thing you're getting uh, updates from. We're going to have one that's church-wide. Okay, we're going to have one that's church-wide that just says, hey, I need to pray for this. At any point, at any time, on any day, you can add a prayer request. You can add a prayer request. You have complete control over this. You can decide if it uh, sends you a notification to remind you to pray, but it can send you weekly reminders, okay? I think that this is great. It's a really wonderful way to connect us. It's a really easy way to connect us. It's a free app, okay? There is a paid subscription that you can buy. None of you need it, okay? We took care of the paid subscription. You can get all these features through the free app. If you have any questions, you can talk to me about it at any point, and I will go over it with you. But this is going to allow us to easily connect to one another. This is kind of like the old school prayer chain made brand new. This will be a great opportunity for you to say, hey, I need prayer for this. I've got a sick relative. I'm not doing so well. You send out a prayer request. See that people are praying for you. You can use this, like I said, in your individual small groups. All right? It is vital that we as a church are praying for each other, for our church as a whole, for God's mission. I may put some specific things up there that I want ooh, us to pray for as a church, like my iPad not getting broken as I kick the music stand. Okay, but take the few minutes that it takes to download this app. I promise you that it'll be worth our time. I promise you it'll be worth our time. And we're going to get into exactly why that is. One of the other things that we need to pray for is for those that we hope to reach. A large part of what Paul asked people to pray for was those that he was getting ready to go and spread the gospel to. Pray that the message would be well received. Pray that I can make the mystery of it disappear. Pray that people understand. Pray that people are receptive. But mainly, mainly that when they hear it, mainly that when they hear the message, it will change their lives. And it will impact them in such a way that they have no other option but to be introduced to this God that I serve. We read one passage, I'm going to read it again. It's Ephesians 6, 19. He said, pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. 
Here's Paul, one of the most, I would argue, intelligent God people that's ever existed. And he's praying for God to give him the words as he shares. To give them the words as he shares. It's not that he hasn't necessarily planned or prepared for it, but he knows, hey, at times, I just need God to give me the words to say. I just need God to give me the words to say. In Colossians 2.12, Paul makes clear his goal. He says, my goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ. See, I think our success rate, I think that our success rate in evangelizing to other people would drastically improve if we were praying for other people. I think it would drastically improve if we were praying for the specific people that we wanted to evangelize to before we actually went and talked to them about who God was. What if we had a plan? What if every day at 5.30 p.m. we prayed for Bernice at work, who we know needed Jesus? And we did that every day for a week, and then the next time we got to see Bernice, we, we knew it was going to be at 5.30. Maybe that's when we go into work. Maybe that's right when we're getting off. And at that time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach out to Bernice. I'm going to invite her to church. I'm going to tell her about Jesus, about who he is, about what he's done for me. Now, I don't know about you, but I can just say this for me. One, I know that that would ease a lot of tension and a lot of fear in my heart if I was preparing for that moment. I know that I would feel a lot more confident about the success rate of that conversation if I had been praying for God to get involved in that situation every single day before it happened. One of the things that we as Christians at times don't do well is we like to fly by the seat of our pants. And we like to call that being spirit-led. And now listen, I fully 100 million percent believe that the spirit can move and it can happen just like that and it can be completely spontaneous and God can work and I'm not talking against that. But I'm also saying that we as Christians can prepare our hearts and the person's heart that we're wanting to reach out to. We can get God involved. We can get God moving. We can get God acting. All we have to do is get that final ingredient of his involvement in our desire to build the kingdom. And I think that, call me crazy, we'll see more success that way. Because here's the thing about prayer. We have to be devoted to the act of prayer if we want to see the kingdom go grow. Now, you've heard me say before that we're supposed to pray without ceasing. That is a verse in scripture, and it kind of talks about how in life, just we're supposed to have this constant dialogue with God, that it's not supposed to end. There's not supposed to be an end to beginning to where God starts, and, and we start, and we end, and God ends. It's, it's supposed to be that just daily walk with him. This is something a little different. We talk about being devoted, okay? And that was back in our First verse, I'll read it again. Colossians 4, 2 and 3 says, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too that God may open the door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Devote yourselves to prayer. See, being devoted has two main aspects. The first 
we pray regularly. Okay, the first is that we pray regularly. And the second is we pray with a plan. We pray regularly and we pray with a plan and with a purpose. There are a lot of times in life where we pray with a purpose, right? We pray before we eat a meal. We're praying that God bless the food. We pray that God bless the hands that prepared it. There are times when we're in small group or other settings where we ask for prayer requests. What is something I can specifically pray for you about? And we develop this plan and we have ideas about what we're going to pray about and what we need to pray about. But there's this whole other aspect, and maybe you don't do this, but I'll be the one to admit that I do this. There are times where I just start praying. I just start praying. I don't really have any designated purpose necessarily other than I kind of want to talk to God. And, and that's okay. I want to be clear. I'm not, I'm not chastising that, okay? I think that we need to be involved in God that way. But oftentimes in the middle of that prayer, I'm starting to Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for everything. Did I leave the front door unlocked? Did I leave the front door unlocked? I think I, maybe I better go check it. And, oh, sorry, God. Um, hey, I just wanted to talk to you about, uh, I cannot believe that that kid did that today at work. He literally picked up my stapler. He threw it all the way across the room. It shattered into 10 pieces. He looked at me. He turned around. He said, booyah. What was that all about? Like, I don't get it. Right? Oh, man, God, I'm, I'm sorry. I'd... Let me talk about this. Now let me talk about this now. And I'm so distracted that I end up never saying amen. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know that there's necessarily a rule that you have to say amen for God to hear your prayer. Let me be clear about that as well, okay? I want to be very clear about what I'm saying. But there are so many times where I'm so distracted from my time with God because I go into it kind of willy-nilly. Maybe our prayer lives would be more powerful if we were devoted. If we set aside regular time where we unplugged from our devices and turned off our TVs and just sat in a quiet place and had a plan for what it was that we were going to pray about. Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be awesome to be able to connect to God in that way? One of the reasons that we just introduced the Echo Prayer app because I hope that that'll help you with that. I hope that that will help you with that. In Romans 12, 12, we're told, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Faithful in prayer. Will you make prayer an important part of your lives? Are you ready for uh, uh, a little drop of wisdom, and I will say that this is not, this is not me. So, my drop of wisdom is like, make sure the toilet seat's clean. Prayer is not a luxury. Prayer is not a luxury. It's not some lamp that we get to rub when we have three wishes. It's not something that we just get to do or can do whenever we have free time. As Christians, prayer is not a luxury. It's an important and integral part of our relationship with God. And it has to be there. It has to be there. We can't live 
our best lives if prayer is not a key aspect of what it is that we do. It just can't happen. Under no circumstance can you get by treating prayer as a luxury. It's such an important part of our faith, of our relationship with Jesus, and our connection to the Father. Will you join me, because I'm having to make this commitment too, will you join me in making a commitment to stop looking at prayer as a luxury and to start seeing it as something that needs to be a part of your routine, that needs to be a part of the way you choose to live your life daily, that needs to be a part of you saying, I will pick up my cross and follow you. Let's pray. God, I come to you right now and I thank you for this day. I thank you for your message. I thank you for the fact that we can come to you in prayer, that we can go directly to you in prayer, that we can ask you to work on our behalf, that we can ask you to work on the behalf of others that we don't have to live this life isolated from you, but God, we can get you involved in every situation at all times, at any part of the day. You're there, you're available. Help us to see the importance of devotion, of setting aside time and space to just focus on you. I will speak for myself personally. I am convicted. Yes, I spend time in your word every week preparing for a sermon, and I try to make sure that I don't misinterpret your scriptures, and I never want to do it in the absence of, of you, God, I rely so much on the Spirit to lead me and to speak for me, but God, I need to do a better job of getting you involved. I've always kind of been prideful about my prayer life because I do pray without ceasing, but oftentimes, God, I pray without direction or focus or really any thought of what it is that I'm praying about. And it's not that you don't like hearing from me or want to be involved in the different aspects of my life, but I've realized this week that, God, sometimes you just want a little bit more. That you want our devotion. That you want our commitment. That you want us to show you that you are worthy of setting aside time and having dialogue with you. I can live with Crosspoint being a lot of things. I can, I can live with Crosspoint having faults. What I can't live with is not being a church that prays and that does so devotedly with our focus 
and with intent. Help me to be a better leader when it comes to that. God, I pray for each and every person here. I lift them up and ask that if there is a need for conviction, that you convict. And that you help us all to become better at involving you in our lives. I ask all these things in Jesus' powerful name. Amen.